Welcome to this week's Parenting with Play podcast. Today I'm talking with my lovely friend Nikki McGrath, who's got a five-year-old daughter and has been following aware parenting and parenting by connection since Katie was a baby. Now this is my second interview with Nikki. You might have heard her previously when we talked about what to do when your child is being aggressive. So today we're continuing with the theme and talking about when play isn't enough. When your child becomes aggressive or upset and then shouts at you to go away. Because those moments can feel really confusing and frustrating, can't they? Because you just want to help your child, but they seem to want to push you away. So today we're going to talk about how you can be with them in those moments that's really going to help them. But before we dive in, a quick reminder that my online program, Annoying to Amazing, covers all of this and so much more. So if you'd like to get more in-depth help with being with your child in these difficult moments, including videos of me actually doing it with my own son, then go to annoyingtoamazing.com to sign up for the waitlist and for the next time I run the program. Okay, let's dive into this week's interview with Nikki McGrath about when play isn't enough and your child is shouting at you to go away. I'm Helena Mooney, and if you're wanting practical, respectful, and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Welcome back, Nikki, to the Parenting with Play podcast. I'm so pleased to have you back. Um, the last episode got such great response about how listening, um, using play to help our children with their aggressive behavior. So, um, welcome back. Thank you for inviting me back. I'm so thrilled to be here. So today, this is almost like a part two, really, because last time we talked about how, um, you know, you really use play to help your then four-year-old's aggressive behavior. And we did touch a bit on um, upset feelings and, you know, when your child's actually being aggressive and lashing out to you and the play isn't really, well, quotes, working. Um, but let's, so let's talk more about that today. Um, and how to really listen to upset feelings. Now, in hand-in-hand terms, they call it stay listening. Um, otherwise, we can just call it that we're listening to upset feelings. So do you want to talk about, where should we start? So with aggressive behavior, you know, we talked last time about how play was really helpful. So let's talk about, so say you've been listening to your lovely Katie and doing all your beautiful games. And for those of you who haven't heard that episode, I really recommend it. Um, Nikki and Katie play some really fun, simple games. So what? A, how do you notice, Katie, is then when you feel that play isn't enough, when something else is needed? What do you notice? Because say with my children, um, I will notice sometimes with Emily when she was younger, and I didn't use as much play with her, and I so now wish I knew about it then. She's 10 now, and I wish I'd known more about play then and used it with her. But I would sort of notice that she'd get this sort of like glint in her eye, and it would be like she's then gunning for me, as in she's really wanting to hurt me, um, and she's trying to whack my head, or she's trying to scratch me, or there's, I can just see that play in that instance isn't the right thing. But with George, who I've done a lot of play with, we can sometimes go, I will do a fun wrestling game and then he might whack me um, hard and I can tell that that's not playful. And so then I can go, okay, we need to stop the play right now and now I need to listen to upset feelings. Or, and I know you said last time that Katie doesn't cry, but George is a big crier. Um, So he might then start to cry and then I go, okay, I need to stop. So, you know, it can be really different, either the glint in the eye or just suddenly they just become more actively aggressive because when we play, our kids 
can be playful. You know, you can tell with their body and they're not really trying to hurt you. And, you know, especially with wrestling and pillow fights, but sometimes that switch can happen. And then it's like, oh, okay, we need to, we need to move on here from play. Yes. So um, Katie actually gives me a signal nowadays, which is she'll stand and grit her teeth and go at me, which definitely means that she's, you know, she's feeling, feeling really angry. Um, She'll, she'll tell me more nowadays before when she was a bit younger, it would, it would kind of come out in, in different ways. And often it would be, she'd pick something up to throw it and she'd, and she'd look, she'd turn around and she'd laugh. And obviously the laughter isn't her finding it funny. It's, it's a nervous laughter. It's a, it's a kind of a release of feelings, which it's hard to, to understand that at the beginning when your child is about to throw something hard at you and laughing. Um, that can be extremely triggering. So, (laughs) so yes, I mean, at the beginning, I think I've struggled so hard with this and, and, um, when Katie started becoming aggressive, she was about three and I was, I was going through a hard time myself. So, um, I would often, um, be so triggered by her behavior that I would take it as a personal attack and, um, and I'd use power over on her. So either I would, you know, hold her or I would, um, I would try and uh, take whatever it was out, you know, grab it out of her hands. I would, I would try, I would use power over in some way on her. Um, and, and that was, it, it didn't, it didn't help the situation at all. Um, and something that actually was, was so helpful was seeing how you behaved with her because, um, you were, we were interacting quite a lot at the time. Um, I was looking after George a little bit. You were looking after Katie a little bit, helping each other out. And, and on some occasions you'd come around and Katie might've been kind of launched herself at George or whatever. And you'd be there at the right time. And you'd show me, you showed me initially how to, to stay, listen, um, or to listen to her, to her feelings. And, that was so helpful for me to see that because I, I had no clue. I didn't really know how to do it. And I was in a very sort of um, vulnerable space myself and not really able to access the compassion and the detach myself from it and see, see it for what it was. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's often easier for not the non-parent, you know, um, to, to have that level of detachment because when it's our own children doing that, it can be like so triggering for us because then we go, well, why is my child behaving this way? What have I done <laughs> to deserve this child? Or what have I done to, to make my child behave in this hideous way? And you know, what are they going to be like in 20 years time or whatever? Um, but also then having that understanding of what's actually going on for our children and recognizing that, you know, Katie in those moments, I think she probably, you know, we had different scenarios, but it could be that, you know, she'd been with me and George all day and we'd actually had a you know, really nice time, but then coming back with you, then that can precipitate feelings coming up to the surface. And then how do we help that? And then, so the feelings coming up then manifests in her lashing out at George or her, God, what is she? she sometimes would run away from us, wouldn't she? Um, yeah. And and uh, hide in the bathroom. I think even sometimes. That's right. I remember <laughs> that in the bathroom. You were... <laughs> yeah. And so you know, for me having that understanding because I've been doing it for years, you know, to know okay, she's got overwhelming feelings that she needs help with rather than punishing. And uh, when we start to come at that view, the behaviour that they need help rather than punishment is a whole different 
kettle of fish. And it becomes then more than just stopping the aggressive behavior. I mean, we've all had times, myself included, you know, when I just am so over it and I'll, you know, George is going to hit me with something. I just pull it out of his hand and go, for goodness sake, I'm not doing this. But when I'm in a really good frame of mind, and the majority of the time, that's when I can move in close and help him with the feelings because it's more than just stopping the behavior. It's more than just hitting the friend or hitting you. It's about helping our children to offload the feelings that's driving the behavior. Because when we can help our children with those feelings, then the behavior magically goes away. So yeah, do you want to talk about when you started to see me moving in with Katie what yeah. came up for you and what you noticed? I mean, the the behaviour that she was um, that she was showing, I felt so powerless. Um, so seeing you then being having that that kind of level of of calm and then moving in to listen to her really helped me see how I needed to be. And you know, I I saw Katie's reaction, which was. You know, go away. No, leave me alone. You know, whatever she used to say, and um, you know, she just was really uncomfortable. Um, but it was also, you know, she, she, you know, we weren't going to leave her alone with those feelings. It was really important that she knew that we were going to be right there with her. And um, and I think, you know, she, um, she 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 responded to you she 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 came out of that those feelings with you listening to her um but for me it's taken me a long time to get there and i think that that what i worked out was that the shift had to come within myself and so you talked about um how you you know you when you're in the right frame of mind you can you can um you can help george with his feelings and it's the same you know with with myself and katie i've really had to to um, make sure that I put my own um, oxygen mask on before I can help Katie. And it's, it's just making sure that I'm resourced. So one of the main priorities I have now as a mum is to be resourced enough to be able to listen to Katie's feelings, because yeah. if I'm not, then it just brings up all those feelings of powerlessness and failure and all the things that aren't true. And, um, but in the situation, in that moment, sometimes you can feel that when you're faced with that that anger that could be so triggering. Yes. Because when our children behave in that way, it's just like, oh my God, <laughs> it just can be so. Yeah. Oh. And especially if, you know, you had a lot going on in your life, in you know, whether you've got a lot going on in your life with or or it's just, you know, everyday annoyances, we've still got a lot to do. And so when our children are throwing something at us and it looks like they're doing it deliberately, that's what used to get me the most is Emily, she would look like she wanted to hurt me. Like that was, she was, and that she would get such satisfaction from hurting me and that that's what she really wanted to do. And, you know, this is a child that you have cherished and, you know, treated really well, you hopefully, you know, hope as beautifully as possible. And, you know, I didn't smack her. I didn't, you know, wasn't mean to her in that way. And so I'm going, where does this come from? Why are you doing this to me when I've done all of this for you? How dare you? It can bring up so many big feelings of our own that are ours and they're not hers, you know? So she, she doesn't want to hurt me in those moments, but she's so overcome with feelings that, oh, what's she going to do with them? You know, just let lash out. Um, and so when we can see that our children's behavior is driven by those upset feelings. It just changes the whole 
way that we can view it and then respond to it. it it's really quite extraordinary because, I mean, I was never treated playfully when I was aggressive as a child. Were you? No, no, never. I had to go straight to my room. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it, 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 and it is about um, just knowing that your child is just not in control of their feelings in those moments and, mm-hmm. and not, and not taking it personally because I, yeah, as you said, you know, you felt like at some stages that em- Emily was doing it on purpose. She wanted to hurt you. And I had so many instances of feeling that way with with Katie you know when she's laughing and throwing things at me that's just it's it was just really hard and I think the thing that really helped me alongside you helping me with stay listening was also having that listening time I used to call you and say oh my goodness I had such a big you know it just lost it you know I felt I felt so powerless and um, this had this instant and, and you would talk me through it and and that would be really helpful and and then I, I wrote down some, I wrote down a sort of emergency plan to have that if I felt really powerless in the moment, that I would go to a space in a room and just go there and count, count to calm down. Yeah. And I know other people use things like they they flick a, a wristband on their wrist to kind of remind them to to stay in the moment that it's not an emergency. It's you know that they're, they're in control and that the their child is not trying to hurt them. Um, yeah. So that this, yeah, that I think that's the, the, the key is to be resourced enough to be able to, to help your child in that moment. And, um, and that could be just a continuous resourcing. So at the moment I'm just making sure that I'm doing exercise every day because that really helps me, um, yeah. to be, to be in a good frame of mind. So, yeah. But that also yeah. having, having listening time, I think is really key. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because there's nothing more that's going to bring up our feelings than our children. Um, And and we can think we're just being, I'm cool, I'm calm, I've got it together. And then God, suddenly that flip can, that switch can go and it's like, and we can get really aggressive. So I love hearing about how you take yourself off when you know, and because, um, you know, time time out is, is an accepted um, discipline method for difficult behavior. And, you know, I always like to tell parents or, you know, talk about us taking time out when we become really overwhelmed and we're unable to deal with our children's behavior rather than putting our children into time out. Because when we put our children into time, well, you know, the old days was go to your room, which we were, I, that was done to us as well. And because um, that doesn't help with the feelings, the feelings get stuck in there. There's no connection. So, you know, it just sort of compounds the the behave well it compounds the the levels of upset feelings that are driving the behavior and sometimes you can think well that that response has helped my child because my now my child's not hitting you know their sister or whatever it was that they were doing in the first instance but you can often notice and the behavior leaks out in other areas so they may not be hitting the sister but they might be you know pinching the dog or they're do- doing something else they're not you know back to their beautiful relaxed selves and so by really, you know, moving in with connection or us taking a moment for ourselves going, hang on, I need something else now before I can then move in with connection. That's what's going to make lasting change and really help our children the most. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So Nikki, let's, if we go back to when you were seeing, you know, the first 
you know, examples of how to listen to Katie's upset feelings by staying with her. Because it can be a bit confusing because in that instance, Katie was telling me to go away. And I just want to preface that, like I had a good connection with Katie. It's not, this isn't something you can just do with a child that you've only just met. It's really important that if you're going to help somebody else with an upset child, it's helpful that that child has a strong connection with you. Um, But yeah, Katie was telling me to go away and I can't remember what else she was saying, but you know, very clearly go away. And, and I think the important thing to remember is when a children are really flooded with upset feelings, because if Katie was in, you know, perfectly, you know, um, relaxed and happy and told me to go away, then of course I would respect her <laughs> telling me to go away. But if the fact that she was starting to shout at me to go away, then there would be a clear indication there was something going on. But because, um, and you know, I'd spent the day with her. I really knew her well at that point when she was little. So when she was saying to go away, that was in response to the feelings bubbling up and coming out because she'd started to be aggressive to George. I'd moved in, then she ran away. So I then, you know, stayed close with her, not too close and overbearing, but we, you know, we walked towards where she was and then she started to say, go away. And that's a real sign that the feelings are there and they're coming up and out. So as parents, it's helpful to, to not think, okay, I've really got to go away now. This is, this is too awful and I'm not respecting their space, but going, okay, I'm just here, not going too close and overbearing them, but not going completely away because then the feelings don't come out. It's finding a spot where you can be close enough that the feelings are coming out and out, but not too close to overbear them. And so sometimes with my own son or my own daughter, they would go into their room and close the door. And so I would then be on the other side of the door and say, I'm here, sweetie. And just those words would then sometimes be enough for them. Go away. And clearly they've got their own space in their room and I'm just there. And, but I would just stay there and every now and again, say something. And then that would bring up the, the, the response, but that is a way of the feelings coming up and out. And it's, it's hard to explain sometimes you really do need to see it, um, in action, but it's about recognizing that our children need to help offload their feelings with us. Anger or and always underneath anger, there's some sadness. It's too big for them to deal with on their own. So just tell them to go to their room. It isn't helping, but us staying close to them is. And I remember talking um, with a friend about how when I was a teenager, I was a great door slamming teenager. Oh my God, you know, 14, just go away. And so I thought I wanted my parents to go away, but actually what I really wanted was them to push through and hear everything that I had to say about how much I hated them so that I could offload it and then, and then go back to sort of feeling connected with them. And Patty Whitfler, who's the founder of Hand in Hand, I love this expression. She says, sometimes you need to crawl through barbed wire to reach your angry child. And that I think is such a great analogy because in those times when we were with Katie, it was barbed wire, go away. Rah. But underneath that is your beautiful, upset little girl who, who needs help with her big feelings. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Katie's the, it's kind of evolved her response to her response and my response to, um, to anger. Um, I used to be able to, to be right next to her and possibly hold her or if not hold her, then have my hand near her and she'd be saying, no, go away, leave me alone. And I want to be on my own. And, 
I would just, you know, then say, no, I, I'm I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to be right here with you. I won't leave you alone with these feelings. Um, more recently, it's been that she wants to go into the, her, her room and she'll um, try and slam the door as hard as possible. <laughs> I, um, I generally manage to get there in time without her slamming the door, but and just push my foot up against it a little bit. And then she she gets a bit of relief, I think, from pushing against my mm. foot. Um, and then the, uh, and then again, as you've done is, is kind of talking on the other side of the door because actually they're, they're not just going into the room and hiding under the covers and not wanting to hear you. They actually want to, 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 to interact with you because their, their feelings are scary. And so, you know, the other day, actually she was, she was really, really angry, really angry. And she'd gone into her room and she was, um, I was trying to, you know, push my foot against the door and she managed to get the door closed. And then I started just putting little notes under the door and she's just learned how to write. So she was writing back. I was writing saying, I love you, Katie. And she'd write little notes back saying, I hate you, (laughs) mum. Thanks, darling. (laughs) And then, you know, it kind of changed because I'd say I'm right here. And um, and then her notes started changing from I hate you, mum, to say I love you, mum. And I said, you know, will you come out? And she'd say, I will come. In the end, she came out. And so it it had changed. Not that it was that wasn't a big release of, you know, but something changed for her. She felt connected to me enough to be able to come out. And I I wasn't under any illusion that all of her feelings were, you know, dissipated in that moment of exchanging notes, but, um, but definitely she, she had, was able to connect back with me. I knew that there would be probably another time that, that day that we'd be able to connect and, and release feelings through play again. So, so yeah, um, it's it's always a, it's a it's a movable feast with with Katie. It's changing all the time, but um, it's a challenge to adapt to it. But uh, I I actually really enjoy the challenge nowadays because I don't you know don't take it on myself that you know she's not trying to hurt me. She doesn't want to 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 hurt me. Um, she she's just having those big feelings in that moment. So yeah, which is so it's such a shift, isn't it? And it's so helpful to know that because. Um... I know we're talking about Katie in early days, but I had an incident at the beginning of the year with Emily, who was 10. And um, so we we don't often have many, but in this particular day, actually it started off when you were over with us for some reason. Um, And um, it ended up that she was in the bathroom and I was on the other side of the door. And um, I then started to say, "I, I really love you, Emily. And she would, that would seem to make it worse in some ways because then she would, throw something at the door, plastic toys. I'm going, no. But I knew that that was at the sort of the core of what she was upset about. And it started off with something completely random, different. And it and I just really wanted to her in those moments, really reassure her and let her know how much I loved her. And every time I said, I love you, it seemed to make it make her more upset but actually that was more of the release of the upset feelings that was driving it because um you know she's got a brother six years younger than her who's uh, was four at the time and cuddlier and you know at home with me more so there is often between siblings that fear that perhaps one sibling is more loved than the other one and so by me saying I love you it really it really got to the core so after a while she stopped hurling things at the door we moved in. She had the biggest cry in my arms. It was so soft. Her body was relaxed and soft afterwards. We were so cuddly. She was so beautiful with her brother afterwards. 
And she, it was just this pent up feelings because as our children get older, they can hold onto it a lot more. And so she'd been holding onto it probably for ages, came out in this huge release, which because I could stay with her close by, even sometimes on the other side of the door, her feelings could really come out in a big way, which can seem really aggressive. The fact that she was hurling plastic bath toys at the closed door, you know, that can seem really over the top in some ways, but oh, she does need to get those feelings out. I could counter it with, I love you. And then, and then they were gone. And a huge, it was just such a huge shift and it was such a memorable moment and really powerful and had such a profound effect for, you know, weeks afterwards. She was just much more loving towards George because she wasn't carrying that resentment towards him that I perhaps loved him more that, you know, and, um, and she could offload that and then feel more reconnected with me. So, you know, what we're talking about can apply to little toddlers all the way up to tweens. And once you can get that mind shift, it just shifts. And like you said, you're now more up for a challenge. Good on you. <laughs> to listen to, you know, and, and what I think it really helps is, you know, you and I both come from British families where we don't do anger. And so it wasn't until I was 30, in my 30s, that I thought, oh, God. I'm allowed to be angry. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. And what we're doing is we're helping accept all of our children's feelings, which is yeah. very powerful. Yeah. So powerful. And I, I love hearing what you, that experience that you, that you had with Emily. It's so reassuring and, and, you know, it's so lovely to hear. And it's just beautiful the way, the way that you were able to, to be there for her and, and your response to her. It's just gorgeous. We have moments like that, which is good. <laughs> so, yeah, but it, it's full on and it's intense. And if anybody had come in from the outside or my parents, they would have just looked at it going, this girl is out of control. She needs harsh discipline. She just needs to stop. This is ridiculous behavior. But we know different. We know differently now that that's not what she needs. She does, you know, in those moments, she did not need harsh discipline to stop. Because when you just purely focus on the behavior, you ignore the, the feelings that is driving it. And so by really helping her with the feelings, that's what shifts. Oh, all right. So anything else you want to say about listening to Katie or any fears that you might have had or anything that comes up, you know, moving in close to an aggressive child? Um. I, no, I think that we've covered most things. I would just say that it, it does get easier. Um, and uh, as you do it more, you just get more confident as a mum and, or a parent. And uh, I think it just, it does get easier and, and your, your child interacts with you in a way that they, they know that they're, they're going to be able to release those feelings and, and they'll fe feel safe because they know that they can. And so I think that, for example, recently I, I've been able to just access a bit more compassion and a, a bit more, I've, I've just been able to stay with her more in those moments and to, to be more compassionate. And I've really noticed that she feels more connected to me just in her behavior to me. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's not, it's not a short term fix. Um, it's a long haul um, behavior. I think that it's just to, but if, if you weave it into your life and the way that you, you, you'll, you, I think you re reap the rewards in the end. Hugely, hugely. Yeah. And to those listening who perhaps haven't come across this approach before, 
it, it does require quite a big shift, but the rewards are huge because, and you can notice it in your child's behavior straight away. As I said, in that example with Emily, and I have this, you know, regularly with George, who's four, that they, that's when they want to have a cuddle. That's when they're just so relaxed and they're snuggly and, you know, they say, I love you more. Um, you can really sense that they've really shifted those yucky feelings out of them and that they're just back to their beautiful, relaxed selves and that they are more cooperative afterwards. They are more able to go and play on their own. They are, um, they're just a delight because they've gone back to their beautiful original selves without having that overlay of upset about for whatever reason they've managed to offload it. And the the difference is really palpable. It's, um, but it can require a leap of faith to do it. My husband, when, when we first started doing is going, what are you doing? (laughs) "Ah, I've read it and I've heard that this is a really good thing to do, (laughs) but I needed a huge amount of support to be able to listen to my child in the beginning, to really sort of embed that this is actually helpful. Um, So, yeah. So, uh, and I had um, Marion Rose stay with me. And so she managed to be with, help me with Emily to begin with, so I could really see it in action. And so I love, you know, that we could yeah. do that with Katie together too. Yeah, yeah, I love that you, yeah, you're able to pass that on as well. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. That's so thank great you. to with you and um, you and your lovely Katie. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released. And I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing.